Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away, says the Lord. Sisters and brothers, beloved congregation, our reading today is very popular. Um, the Psalm 30, uh, 23 is uh, one of the most famous of the Psalter and one of the, the favorite um, worldwide. Often it is used for uh, the burials, and um, I'm very pleased to be able to preach on this psalm on an ordinary Sunday, because, of course, it's not just about um, the time of mourning and bereavement, but it's uh, precisely about trust, and it's got a beautiful message for us. So our reading today is based both readings are based on the pastoral metaphor. In the world of the Bible, pastoralism was an important part of everyday life. The first shepherd of the Bible is Abel, Cain's brother. But he cannot be considered as the father of the shepherds because he disappears too quickly from history. Then, the Bible keeps the memory of the first man who lived in nomad and had herds of small cattle. The first of the shepherds is Jabal in the Genesis. Jabal, he was the ancestor of those who live in tents and have livestock, says the book of Genesis. His brother is Jubal. He's uh, very well known from the musicians. He was the ancestor of all those who play the lyre and pipe. It was, according to the Bible, the time when the first city was built. Later, in the biblical story, the patriarch, Abraham, will have many shepherds serving in his tribe. Shepherds are fighters. They spend their life outside. They must defend the flocks against wild beasts. In the ancient Near East, there were lions and bears. The young David, being a shepherd, had to face them. Asian lions disappeared from the region in the Middle Ages. It was a kind of little lion that was part of the life and imagination of the Hebrews in the word of the Bible. So today we have with Psalm 23 and the reading in the Gospel of John, a pastoral scenery. Our imagination is sensitive to the pastoral world. A herd of small cattle on the hillside of a mountain and a shepherd with his dog who watches next. For us who are mainly urbans today, the image is relaxing. But I thought that you would have more as Americans, the image of cowboys. But uh, as I saw the pictures there, I see that we, we have the same imagination. But do you have such shepherds in, in America? I remember, as a teenager, having met an authentic shepherd, a shepherd who probably looks a lot like the shepherds who came to see Jesus in the stable at the time of his birth. It was in the mountains of the Alps, at a high altitude, 
The shepherd was a middle-aged man with a long beard, beard, a large hat, and a huge brown coat. He walked on the hillside with a big stick. His flock was on a huge surface, the whole mountain. He knew all the sources hidden in the vegetation. In one of them, he put his bottle of wine to refresh. He was alone in a huge mountain. He hunted animals to eat, including marmots, which is strictly forbidden. He spoke neither French nor Italian, but only a local dialect. I don't think that kind of character can anymore be met, even though the national parks in Europe are still trying to support this traditional way of life. It is certainly rare and precious, endangered in an industrial world ruled by finance and globalized trade. But if you ask me my opinion, I prefer to see herbivores and wildlife in general have the opportunity to live freely in these natural spaces. Indeed, I have a dream for all herbivores that feed on the pastures of the great wilderness. You would be completely free to tell if this dream comes from God or if it comes only from my imagination. I dream that all baby herbivores are born on a spring morning in a tuft of grass, in a sunny clearing. They immediately get up to tease their mother. They play with their congeners born at the same time. They enjoy the collective supervision of the flock. They must learn quickly enough to run fast, to leap into the thickets to escape predators, unless they belong to a species that defends itself thanks to their muscular strength their weight and horns. Their happiness will be throughout their life to feed on the beautiful pastures that God gave them at the time of creation. At the time of reproduction, the strongest male will have the right, difficult to keep, to go to the females, and the cycle of life will resume. In this story, the shepherd is truly God, also for them, who feeds his creatures Directly. It's a vision of paradise. In civilizations, the image of the shepherds has been attributed to kings, chiefs, and or all leaders of the people. Thus, in the prophet Ezekiel, the word shepherd is used to designate the kings of Israel. These kings are not good shepherds. They do not protect the people, but they profit from it selfishly. That's why God decides to take back the hand. Ah, you shepherds of Israel, says the prophet, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, the wool. you slaughter the faulting, Fotlings, patlings, but you do not feed the sheep. You have not strengthened the weak. You have not healed the sick. You have not bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strayed. You have not sought the lost, 
but with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd and scattered they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered all over all the face of the earth, with no one to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, because my sheep have become, become a prey, and my sheep have become food for all the wild animals, since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, I am against the shepherds, and I will demand my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouth so that they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep, and I will seek them out. Thus, the prophet announces that God himself takes over the direction of the flock. It was the same in the time of slavery in Egypt. At that time, the pharaoh of Egypt was, in a way, the shepherd of Israel, a shepherd who behaves as a predator to a flock he keeps captive. God has decided to free his people from this slavery. Thus, Israel is a flock whose Lord is God, to the exclusion of all other human power. That's where freedom comes from in the Jewish faith. This freedom consists in seeing in God alone salvation. Give ear, says the psalmist, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead us like a flock. Let your face shine that we may be saved. For early Christians, and especially for those who wrote and read the Gospel of John, this attribute of God to be the shepherd of his people was given to Jesus. The Son receives the function of the Father, hence the statement of Jesus at the head of our reading, I am the good shepherd. Jesus is the shepherd of the flock. His mission is to gather other sheep in his flock. He is ready to give his life for his sheep. He will, not, he will die and resurrect for that, the gospel tells us. To conclude this meditation on Jesus, the Good Shepherd, I think we can remember two important things for the life of this church. Jesus is the shepherd, and he will add new sheep to his flock. Indeed, it is not trivial, trivial to say that Jesus is the shepherd. It's the same as saying he's the Lord. It means that our lives are governed by his word and not by other dominations or philosophies. In our civilization, 
It seems that the life of many of our contemporaries is not a free life, but full of constraints, full of material desires, full of submission to commerce, advertising, all that is disseminated in the media. Christians can resist this because they know themselves guided by a divine force that wants to liberate them and create with them a supportive and loving family. Secondly, Jesus is going to look for authorship. It means to us that others will join those he has gathered. If we are really his flock, then we have to adapt to the fact that others will join us. We do not see this movement for now, but we should not worry more than that. Christianity in 2,000 years of history went through many other difficulties. If in the short term, the parochial church Christianity we know is weakened and diminished, in the longer term, it is impossible to imagine that there will be no new Christians. As far as our church life is concerned, it is important to remain in a welcoming dynamic, which means that any new person appearing here or in other activities of the church feel immediately that they have their place because we do not obstruct it or because it is not we who welcome them, but the Lord himself, Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Amen.